Hey, this is Brian Jump. Welcome to the SAI Million Dollar PDR Podcast. We go over actionable tips that have served my business well over the last 30 years, and hopefully they'll be beneficial to you too. Hey guys, this is Brian Jump. How's it going, man? This interview is awesome. This is a special treat. This is something that it's pretty much in what I consider, at least to me, is like catching something special, like lightning in a bottle in the PDR world. So, um, I, Robert is a, what I consider to be a good friend. I've known him for, for a long time when our kids were, I mean, just about pre-kid and then now our kids are grown. So that tells you, and we've stayed in touch. Um, he, he's a unique cat because he was trained by the Mercedes factory uh, in Germany and then worked for Mercedes for two decades. So, so he's got some great, unique uh, insights that you won't hear anywhere else. I, I don't think I've ever heard uh, a Mercedes train factory PDR tech go on uh, and talk about the training and experience and the Germans and tools. And then he also talks about the origins and the guy that trained him, um, where he was trained and how long he's been doing it and blah, blah, blah. So it's it's just really cool, cool insight. So I hope you you enjoy it as much as I did. So here it is without further ado people i imagine but not not for the outside world only only for their for their use obviously so robert's going to give us some some unique insights and some stuff that uh only the germans do right robert so uh yeah yeah, yeah. so fortunate because i got paid to learn how to do dance there you go there you go and, and and dent wizard would tell you that they do the same but they really don't dent wizard gives you basically a draw mm-hmm. so if you go work for dent wizard i think it's like it's something cheap too it's like 800 dollars a month and then you're you're obligated to pay that back. And if you don't, if they don't sniff out a good PDR tech in the in the, in the horizon, or you're a budding, you know, ticking all the, the boxes, and they, they'll boot your ass. So, um, and I'm sure the Germans were not much different than that. But but first off, let, let's let's rewind the clock a little bit. Um, tell everybody how you and I met, because I I completely forget. I'm I remember a lot about our early beginnings, but I, how did we come across each other? One of the guys that was working at Mercedes met you first, and he introduced us together. Okay. Um, you were trying to find people to do some retail work with you. Right. And and he introduced me to you. I'm right. not sure how you two met, but um, yeah, he introduced me to you, and um, that's when you were up in Laguna Beach. Yep. And I was living down in Huntington. Right. Right. And the, um, I mean, I mean, how many years ago do you think that was? My daughter's 30, and uh, about a year before she was born. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. It's been a while. So right at, that was right at the beginning. Yeah, because I, I'm, I've only been doing this for 31 years. So so that was right. I mean, and that's the, the crazy thing, Robert, will tell you guys, that back in the day, us PDR techs, we were a rare breed, right? Oh, yeah. We had to make our own tools, our own lights. Um, you know, it was... Learn as you go. Yeah, tap downs. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, hammers, makeshift. I mean, all kinds of stuff. And I, I can't wait to, for you to tell us some of the stuff you use. But so, so it's been it's been longer than I thought. So it's been thirty one years. Right. And that was the thing. There was only a small handful of guys out there. And yeah, I was training guys to work for me. But I knew if I could find somebody to uh, that was already trained. But it's like catching lightning in a bottle because people like you. I mean, you're gobbled up by Mercedes. The other guy that. I, I obviously knew. I mean, he obviously didn't want to come work. He was happy with Mercedes. So, um, and I think we, you and I did a few things, but it wasn't a whole lot of stuff. But I mean, you were busy and you had your young kids and everything. And 
and uh, now that was pre my family. My my oldest right now is twenty three, so so that was yeah, seven years. You, my wife has just got pregnant with my daughter. Yeah, so it was like a few months before. That's crazy. Um, I met you. I love it. I love it, man. It takes us way back. So. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, so tell everybody. Let's get right after. Let's talk about Mercedes. So, you you find that they're hiring or something. You somebody tells you that hey, you could be this dent repair technician and blah blah blah. How, how did that go? Well, actually, how, how it went is I well, I graduated high school in '84. Um, my neighbor was a manager at Mercedes Benz of North America, so he offered me a job there. Basically, I was cleaning the cars when they came off the ships. Right. Um, I, when I first got there, but the guy who was doing the PDR work for Mercedes, cause they did all the repairs from shipping in house and then they shipped them to the dealers. Right. Um, the guy who was doing it before me, was getting ready to retire and he was already there for 30 years doing PDR. Do you remember his name? So, yeah. Lalo Reyes. Okay. Um, he learned it actually down in Mexico, a factory down in Mexico to learn how to do PDR. Jeez. Um, back in the sixties. Holy crap. They didn't actually call it PDR back then. They called it metal spooning. And um, so I worked side by side with him because uh, he was getting ready to retire. And uh, the factory actually sent me to Stuttgart for three months and then three months in Bremen um, working in the factories with the guys doing the PDR work out there. Oh, my that God. That's incredible. So... I mean that metal was still pretty good back then too. I know that. So, oh, yeah. right, well, that was like butter. Um, a lot of good access too. So, wow, I'm I'm so glad you you just taught me so much right in that that last little two minutes, Robert. Because Lalo from the '60s, I thought that the originator was this guy in the '70s. In the mid '70s, there was a guy over in Germany, and I forget his name, but he was supposedly the godfather of PDR. And then he started training the other guy, Jurgen or whatever, from Dentcraft up in Minnesota, and and that's kind of how it spread. I heard, but but that this debunks it. So so when you so Lalo was he obviously at some point he he learned to use a light or a reflection. I mean, was he using a light or was it the the pipe or the the tube? We, we used just the regular drop lights. Yeah. Um, and and the, we just hung them over stuff. Right. Basically. So they weren't they weren't they were horizontal. They weren't vertical up on from the ground. No, they just we just hang a drop light, you know, shop lights down um, thing. Or we use a cardboard with white stripes on it and a black around it, like right. a reflection board. Not crazy. You're, you're Mercedes and you're using a cardboard light. I mean, it's. I mean, we we were using whatever we could. Right. And, we started using the fluorescent lights, pictures, and and drop lights. That's so cool. long, skinny single bulb drop lights. Yeah. In the plastic base. Did you did did they paint? Did you guys paint the background behind them black? Yeah. Yeah. For, yeah. So so you had that contrast. I I did the same thing. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I love it. And yeah. The guy who taught me though, he actually learned it down in a Mercedes factory in Mexico City. Yeah. And he started doing it back in like 65 or something. God, so there was guys back in the 60s and, doing this. Yeah. So the factories have actually been doing this for quite some time. Yeah. You know, What's it, your, just, it didn't come outside of the factory, really. So no. No, it took, it took decades. Right. Yeah. Yeah, late 80s, I think it was. Um. 
so Lalo Lalo and then you went over to Germany um, and I mean were they pretty welcoming or were they typical Germans where they were like you know shitty American you know poo poo this oh, no. I, no they were really awesome people they treated me really really nice like you know, I went horseback riding with the families out there and wow. out in the black forest and, Jeez. and the fact you know they were really nice people yeah they were really really cool yeah. yeah, that's good. And then, um, and that was what for how long? A few months or uh, three months in Bremen and three months in Stuttgart. Oh, geez. So I was in Germany for six months on training, and it's funny because they're actually working on the cars as the cars are going down the assembly line. They're moving about uh, about like a half a mile an hour or something. They're very very slow. The floor is a huge platform that slowly goes through the factory. And the guys are there with their lights and their tools and they're picking the metal. That's nuts. As the car's going down the line, they're straightening out the panels. Right. Jesus. This is before they're all assembled. Right. What, um, roughly how many techs were at Stuttgart and Bremen? Oh, well, they had 24 hour shifts. Right. Um, I worked with like 10 guys. And, and um, they were doing the training. Nuts. So uh, I couldn't give you the exact number on how many guys were actually working in the factory doing PDR. Right. But there was quite a few of them. Yeah. Yep. That's crazy. Yeah, because I, what I've been told, I, I remember talking to a guy who used to work, his name was Parr, or Pear, I think his name was, and he worked for Volvo over in Europe on the factory assembly lines. And he said it was cheaper to hire PDR techs and have them work 24-hour shifts then retool the stampings for the panels. Yeah, I didn't know anything about that, but um, the guys that I was working with, they were just basically, they called it metal picking, and they were um, following the cars down the line and fixing whatever uh, imperfections in the metal that they could find. Right. Nuts. And then, and then tool-wise, I mean... I imagine, did they use tape on their tools, or did they find some rubber caps? How did they handle that, Robert? Uh, basically, what you just said, they had a mixture of whatever they guys were, you know, everybody was uh, thinking of how they could do it better, you know? Yeah. And, um, they're using tape and rubber caps and put on, you know, just plain steel rods, but they use a lot of flat bars, too. Right, right. Uh, different types of flat bars, and, uh, and they had their own little hook. Wind door hooks and yep, um, they would use all they put cloth and tape on the ends to help smooth the tips out. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, there was all kinds of things they come up with. Yeah. Um, and how many tools do you think that you had? I mean, if you had to count back then when you were doing training or or an average tech there, was like maybe ten or fifteen, or was there more? Uh, no, probably about, only about ten at the most. So, um, a so that's straight not... pick bars. Yep. Um, but working in the factory, we got a monthly commission, so a monthly salary, I should say. Yeah. So it didn't matter how long we took on a car to get the car done, because we'd take them all apart, right. fix the dance, and then put it all back together. Right. So it, um, there was no body filler right. allowed on a new Mercedes. Yep. We, we did PDR, or we did a thing called uh, metal finishing with a pile and picks. Yep. Or we use lead. 
Right. We use lead on the quarter panels, or we replace the panel. I heard that they were allowed to use high build primer, and that was it. No filler. Is, is that true? Yeah. Yeah. No fillers. That thing called polyester spray filler is like a primer. Right. Spray filler, but no Bondo type. No, of course materials. not. Of course not. No, they're all brand new cars. Yeah. Um, so we're limited to how we could repair the car, and if it, there was too much damage, because they get a lot of shipping damage, they hit a storm. Right. Bounce around on those ships. Oh no! I trust me. I've I've seen cars come in with hail on them. Yeah. Oh yeah. And the factory. Um, when you go outside of the factory, there's these huge nets on these big poles, like a big circus tent. Right. But it's it just big net to cover all the cars. Yep. Um, that that's the capture of the hail. Right. Try to keep it from hitting the cars. Oh yeah. Now they've 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 been down that road already. They know. Yeah. See, it's it's crazy. You and I remember when there was we would only have six, eight, or ten tools total, and nowadays yeah. an average tech would laugh if you told him that you know we're not saying those were our favorites. That's all we had. You know, I mean, we yeah. would eventually add more to our our uh, our deal, but but that is that is just long screwdrivers and a heat and a torch and bend them and oh yeah to make something. I, I bought tools. You probably did too. I bought them off the snap-on trucks, the long screwdrivers, and I would file down the square ends and then bend them into little, little tweakers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that and antennas and. Oh yeah, yeah. Truss rods. Metal shop. Yep. Yeah, leaf springs make great flat bars. Oh yeah, taking the leaf springs out of the trunks of cars. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, crazy. We'd make our own lights and tools and. I think the first set of tools I ever bought was a company called Pacific Innovations out in California, and I have no clue what ever happened to them. Yeah, I don't even, I couldn't even tell. I don't remember that name. That was, that was probably like in 91 or 90. Right, right, right. Um, and they weren't that great. <laughs> no, no. Soft. Yeah. What, um, and then what'd you guys use for tap downs back then originally when you were training? What were the guys using? Um, well, Mercedes had little nylon um, knockdowns right. that they gave us. Right. And we would we would basically file them and sand them to a fine point. And some of them we'd keep blunt, depending on, you know, what type of knockdown you were making. Right. Or, you know, a soft knockdown or a sharp pointy one. But And we used to use, um, you know, a steel punch knockdown. I'm so I'm so glad you mentioned that. So they use that in Mercedes. Yeah, we put duct tape on the end of them or some kind of tape and uh, soften it up so we can tap down and polish the tips. Yep. I did the same thing. It was, and I don't know. I didn't realize that Mercedes was using the same thing, but the uh, um, nail sets, like for for setting, you know, setting making a little divot in metal so you knew where to drill, right, or or. And yeah, it had, a, and yeah, you had to, punch. yeah, like yeah. a center punch. And then you had to file the, cause they had a little concave little tip in it and that would mark the metal. So you had to file that flat or just a little bit of a, uh, a curve on it. And we would use electrical tape and it would eventually punch through. So we were constantly retaping the damn thing. Um, yeah. but they were great. That was my favorite tap down, but it just was so tedious to sit there tearing tape with my teeth. And I, I thought, man, it's, you know. And then eventually, yeah, we went Delrin nylon, you know, just pencil style. 
Um, and then it was a while before we went back to metal, but still my favorite. Yeah, it's just amazing how much this industry has changed. Oh God! Since we started doing this. Oh, tools, lights, every. I mean, we were just like cavemen back. How the how the battery now before we had extension cords everywhere. Right. Oh, I know. I know. And then those you mentioned about the fluorescent lights. I mean, I'm, my left eye has a burn mark in it from staring at fluorescent lights. And I went to an optometrist years ago and I said, hey, you know, how come I got this permanent red mark on my sclera? And he's like, that's sun damage. And he's like, do you surf a lot? I'm like, I'm like, no, I think what that is, I, I go, is it possible with fluorescent light if I stared at it every, every day, all day long? He's like, well, for sure. I'm like, well, there it is. I got a burnt on my dominant eye because I usually close one of my eyes. My dominant eye has this red blotch from those damn nowadays the leds don't have the have the lumens you know so it's a little bit easier on the eyes oh yeah all the led lights now we didn't have leds back in the day oh god no not till i'm gonna say mid to late 90s i think they started creeping in and we started making them back yeah. then just for our own use yeah. just to get rid of those damn bright freaking megawatt you know x-ray <laughs> self-tanning lights <clears throat> all right so you so you you six months in in europe you got your skills down, so you came back to SoCal. You're you're at the port. It was VDC, it's called, right? VPC. VPC. Preparation Center. Right. And that's where the cars came off the boats, and yep. then you guys prepped them to ship them to the dealers. Yeah. It was in Carson, California. Right. Uh, right off of 405 Wilmington exit. Yep. It, it's in Long Beach now, but back in that day, they would unload them off the ships and bring them into the facility, and they would wash them, bring them in the building, inspect them, mark any type of damage from shipping and repair it. Or if there was no damage, it'd go, you know, out to another truck and off to the dealership. Right. Right. And you were, and how long did you work at, at the VPC? What's that? How long, how many years were you at the VPC? Oh, I worked there for 20 years. 20 I years. I started in 84 and I left there in 2005. Damn. Yeah, and um, I basically, they trained me how to do dance, and they would send us back to Germany every two years to learn how to disassemble and reassemble the new models Right. That, that were coming over. So we had training all the time. The guys were coming over to the U.S. and train us. Yeah. And um, it, was, it was great because, you know, I got a monthly salary plus all the training that I could wish for. Right. You know? I mean, hard to say that there's any better than that. Um, yeah. that's so awesome. I, when I was doing training for the BMW people, their staff out at the, their v, VPC in New Jersey, um, the port out there, some Germans came over cause it's mostly an American, uh, facility, but Germans come in from, from the same places that Mercedes got factories, basically, you know, Hamburg and, and Bremen and all that. And, and, um, yep. and just like you said, they were super cool guys. I remember going out, hanging with them. They they would cook some of their. We went to like a deli. It was a German deli in in, in Jersey, and they bought a bunch of German food and made schnitzels and all kinds of bullshit. Of course, they drank beer. I don't I don't know how they were back then, but yeah, you know, they loved their beer. But but they were really into rock. They were into like hard rock, like like metal, you know. And this is, yeah. you know, and I think to this day, metal kind of died out here a little. But you know, I mean, Germans, man, they just they got they go hard, but. Um, but yeah, that, that, those guys were super cool and, and, uh, no, it was, it was awesome. Really had, had a good time with those guys. Um, 
Robert, looks. I think I've got a lady dropping off a car here. I might. I might put you. I'm not gonna put you on hold, but I'm just gonna let let this roll here in a second. She's just gonna drop her keys in her in her car. At least oh, I. Gotcha. At least I think she is. Um, otherwise, yeah. we may have to fast forward this. Um, and then so so you, you leave Mercedes after 20 years. You you segue out to South Carolina. And yeah, I wanted to get out someplace where I could actually get some property and land that yep. was affordable. Yep. <laughs> and then, uh, so I built my own shop here, and I got familiar with some of the dealers here, and now I do quite a bit of dealer work, and I do a lot of hail damage, too, now out here. Um, right. They'll bring them out to my shop and leave them with me. Wow. That's pretty nice. A shop shop's at, in my backyard. I was so going to say, the shop's at your house. They bring them. They shuttle them to you. You don't get them. They bring them to you. You push the, yeah. push the hail. You push the doorings, what have you. I mean, you probably go to the lot and do the minor stuff, but the major stuff, you have it done at your shop. Exactly. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I, I go out to the lots and service the lots, and then um, we get hailstorms out here, so I'm in contact with some insurance companies. Yep. Robert Holt. The dealerships still—if they buy a car or they get a car with hail damage, trade in. Hold on one second, Lori. Bring it out to my house and leave it out here for me to work on. Right, right. Robert, give me one quick second, okay? Yep. Thank you, Lori. How are you? I'm cold. Yeah, it's freezing, huh? Okay, so um, you'll ride back, or do you yes, need? Yes, okay, okay, you do. Awesome. Okay, I just needed the key. And is that your the car that's gonna take you right there? Yeah. Okay, perfect. Awesome. I got all the parts in here, so we'll we'll get okay. started on it first thing in the morning. Okay, now on the back. Yes. There's a it, we're charging me a hundred dollars for the little dent in the back. Okay. Don't do that. Don't do that. I'll leave it alone. As soon as I leave here, it goes to be sold. Perfect. Awesome. So if you know of anybody who wants a great car, I will I'll put the word out. I can't drive an electric and a gas car. I'm, I'm too cold. Yeah, no, I understand. So, I, I, because you don't use a brake on the electric. Yeah, it, it, they're different designs. Yeah. yeah, so I, anyway, and okay. I can't afford to have two cars. No, I understand. Okay, I'll give you a holler tomorrow then. Okay, thank you. When oh. do you think it'll be ready? Uh, definitely in the day because there's a lot of parts. Be careful of that red curve out there. It's really okay. slippery, okay? Okay, cool. Now, do you think it'll be ready tomorrow? I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Wow. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Thanks, Gloria. Robert, thanks so much. Sorry about that. That's good. So, anywho, all right. So you moved to the moved to South Carolina. You're doing dealers. You got the shop at your house. You occasionally go to the dealers and probably do some of the front line stuff too, right? Maybe service cars. Oh yeah, yeah. I I walk there lots, and they're all good guys. I've been doing it here now. I've been here 17 years. Wow. So I've gotten to know these people pretty well out here. Yeah. And um, I'm kind of semi-retired now. Uh huh. Because um, life is easier out here. Oh yeah. So, you know, when I left California, basically when I sold my home out there, it bought my land and house and shop everything out here outright. Yeah, of course. So, um, you know, if you get used to the humidity, the rest of the year is fine. Since summers are kind of rough. Yeah. Um. But, uh, yeah, I've gotten to know quite a bit of the dealers around here and a lot of wholesalers and, um, you know, buyers that 
guys that buy cars at dealers and buy them for people and a, a mixture of different types of people buying and selling cars. Sure. And um, they'll bring the cars out here. And I do retail at my, at my uh, shop too. That's what I, I was going to ask. I don't even advertise. It's just word of mouth, basically. Yep, I referral. Get enough, I get enough just by word of mouth. Love it. Um, yeah, so I don't even bother advertising on the internet or anything like that because I'll, I'll get enough cars during the week where I'm like, okay, I got to tell people, you know, uh, in a week or two. Yeah. <laughs> I can get to you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How many How many hours a week do you think you work, Robert? Uh, I usually start about eight in the morning. I'm usually done around one or two. <laughs> Freaking love it, man. And, then I'm done for the day. I'll go to the gym or whatever. Uh -huh. Hang out with the kids. See that, that's and, the uh, <coughs> excuse me. That's that's the beauty of it, man. You, you know, life's life's too short to to grind super hard. And and you were smart. You've you know you worked a little bit out in Cali. I mean, and you you probably get a little bit of a pension from Mercedes too, don't you? Yeah, when I hit sixty five, so I got a few more years. But, yeah, but you'll get a little bit of that twenty years you paid into too. Eight more years, and I'll get my pension from Mercedes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, 401k from them and all that stuff. And then I'll probably just keep doing dance at my house. Yeah. Um, whatever people bring and so I can't hold a tool anymore, you know? Right. But, uh, yeah, I don't plan really retiring, but, uh, you know, I just uh, do a few cars here and there and then take it easy the rest of the time. God, five hours a day. That's beautiful. What um, what else I got to ask you? How are the winners out there? Winters are fine. They're pretty mild. I mean, we get a couple of days of really cold weather. Uh huh. Um, but you know, in the mornings it'll be chilly. It'll be in the thirties in the morning, but by noon it's you know about sixty. Uh huh. So that's not bad. That's fine. Yeah. Um, the fall, winter, and spring is very nice. The summer gets really hot and humid. Yeah. But it's only maybe like July, August, September, then October everything starts to you know chill get, back down. Get nice, yeah. Yeah, so if you can make it through those three months, and then you're golden after that. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a swamp cooler in the shop or anything? I got AC. Oh, you got full AC. Look at you, man. Yeah, full AC in the shop. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, I got heat and AC yeah, in the shop. Yeah, good. Yeah, you got to have yeah. that. The weather's just, yeah. Otherwise, it's going to be tough. Yeah, the, the shop's 20 by 40, 20 feet wide, 40 feet long. Yeah. It's a good, um, good size shop. You know, it's insulated. Uh -huh. um, heat and AC, uh -huh. you know, all that good stuff. Yep. So, uh, in the summertime, you know, I get hail cars, I bring them in there, because I usually get most of my hail cars in the summer. Yep, of course. And, uh, yeah, because luckily the last two years, they always hit in May. Uh -huh. For some reason, the last two years in May, I got hail storms right in my neighborhood. Oh my so God. I was doing my neighbor's cars and <laughs> their brothers and sisters' cars coming over here. Yep. So, it was nice, um, just local people bringing in the work to me. Yeah, that's beautiful. You, uh, what kind of tools? Um, I mean, you probably have a spattering of all kinds of different stuff, like I do, and obviously I make oh, tools yeah. too. But what kind of tools? And then tell us what kind of light you use. Oh, geez, I got like, you know, I got three different lights. I got two ultras and mm -hmm. and um. Pro PDR Solutions, uh, the Chubb. Chubby. Yep. Yep. Um, and then two Ultra ones, just the regular three um, LEDs. Yep. Ultra, and then the wide, real wide one. 
Mm-hmm. I can't think of the real one. It's like eight or nine um, LEDs. Yeah. Uh, the biggest one they got. Yeah. And uh, I use that one for hail mainly on the roofs and stuff when I get SUVs and stuff like that. Yeah. They, you don't have to move the light that much. Yeah. And then, you know, tools and mixtures uh, from Ultra Dent Tools, Dent Craft, um, some, uh, um, what's the other, PR Finesse. Mm-hmm. Um, some stuff I make, you yep. know. Of course. Grab a torch and a vice and a <laughs> yeah. steel and bend it. Of course. You, you know? You, yeah. You know what you need. Yeah, so, you know, I, I like some tools that have the changeable handles. Yeah. Um, I'm not much into the ratcheting handles. Right. Um, but I like the, you know, the handles like a pop off and pop back on, like ultras. Yeah. Um, octagons. Yeah, of course. Um, that way it's easier to um, store the tools when they don't have a bunch of handles on them. Especially, yeah, if you're traveling or even just going to dealers. I mean, you're right. Without the handle, yeah. they take a lot less space and they're lighter. Yep. I have two or three handles and then a bunch of rods with all the octagons on them. Yeah. No, I like it. I tried the ratcheting stuff, but I don't know. When when I go to move the tool, sometimes the handle wants to move. Right. Uh, I just have to put a fixed handle. Maybe it's because I'm old school that way. But you know, the only... <laughs> know a lot of guys like the new ratcheting stuff. Yeah. The only thing I like on the ratcheting stuff that you may you may try... I mean, door tools, obviously, going down, especially if you're in the intrusion beam where you're doing twisting with bracing, but that's number one. Or number two is like a like a door whale tail, like a 24. I like to get, get the ultimate leverage and just change that angle so I really I don't hurt my wrist or I'm not in contorted in some weird position. That's when I like to have a ratchet. Other than that, I kind of agree with you. I don't see much of a need otherwise. Yeah, I don't have any whale tails with ratcheting on them. I should probably look into that. You know, and there may not be that many of them out there. The ones that I have, I make, <laughs> shockingly enough, oh. right? So, there you go. Yeah, but you know what? I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll hook you up with one. Um, text All me right. text me your address, and for taking the time to come on here and sharing your story, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a solid. I'll, um, I'll send you one. with. That. Yeah, I'll send you one, and then if you like it, if you want to convert anything else, like some shorter whale tails or longer, um, it'll, it'll be – I'll tell you right now, you'll – other tools, I agree with you. There's not much of a need, but but man, door tools, especially the whale tail, phew, yeah. man, it is nice. Most of my whale tails, well, all my whale tails are dead craft. Yeah, which so are the best. I'm not sure if they have any with the right. They they don't. They don't. Yeah, that's and that's what I'll ship you. I'll ship you like a WT24 with a with a ratchet handle on it, and you'll you'll just say, oh my god. Uh, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, just when we're when we're done, text me text me your address, and I'll I'll send it to you. All right. You're out of Columbia, I think, right? Uh, Lexington, South Carolina. Oh, Lexington. Which is right next to Columbia. It's a okay. s- suburb of Columbia. Right, right, right. One side of my street is farms, and the other side is city. It's wow. If you go right or left. That's cool. Very cool. So so last thing, and then I'll let you get to dinner or whatever you got going on there because you're three hours ahead of us. What um, what What's some advice you can give? Because a lot of times I, we still do our training, so I'll get – you know, budding PDR techs that'll pop in here and they want to, you know, hear, hear stories like, you know, you and I, we're veterans, you know, we're old, old grandpas of the game. What kind of advice can you give, give, give people, uh, you know, they're looking to get into PDR. How, how could you, how can they make it easy? I always, I always say have patience and slower is quicker in this business. Amen. Um, what I mean by slower is quicker is don't try to rush through a dent. If you take your time with a dent, 
it'll come out better and cleaner than if you try to do it fast. Right. Yeah. You know, slower is quicker with me on dance. You know, you just have a little patience and take a deep breath. And if you mess up, don't give up. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. But you're right. Slow is fast, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Because, you know, guys that try to do too many in one day, they, you know, then they make a mess on some of them and they might get a bad rap. That's right. It's really hard to undo a bad rap. And, and if you, like you, the mobile tech expo guys that do those dents in the competitions, people wonder why they sit there and work them all the way to the time limit. It's because you can. You, can. you know, there's always things that we can do, cross-check a light, you know, split an atom, whatever you can see in your dent, you might have a wave, a crown, whatever. It seems like the work's almost, you know, infinity. It's endless. So, yeah. so if, yeah, you take, if you take your time and yep. uh, relax and don't try to rush it, um, your quality of work will be a lot better. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Words of wisdom from Mr. Robert Rucker. 30, how many years? 34? 35? 37 years. I started this when I was 20 and I'm 57. God, 37 years. Holy shit on yeah. a stick. God love you, Robert. <laughs> Getting old. Yeah, that, I know. But you know, it's a privilege, man. My 31 to your yeah, 37, I, you got me beat. I mean, I, I learned this in 84, and I've never looked back. I didn't bother with doing anything else. I fell in love with it. Yeah. Because you know, it gives you freedom. Yeah. Um, you know, I've worked for myself. Well, when I worked for Mercedes, it was great. But now I'm on my own and took advantage of learning everything I could through Mercedes and brought it out here with me. Yeah, no doubt. No, no doubt at all. Well, look, I, I appreciate you taking the time, Robert, and sharing your story. Um, maybe we'll get you back on here in the future. Maybe in the summer, in between one of those hail cars or something, we can talk about what you got going on out there and what the lifestyle All is right. like out in the Carolinas. But I, I appreciate you taking the time, and I'm glad to, to call you friend for all these years. It's it's uh, something special, so yeah. I, I thank you very much. Yeah, it's amazing. We've known each other over 30 years because I remember my daughter was just born, and she just turned 30 in October. Yeah. Yeah, I remember at some point, I think, I, for a while. yeah, you guys lived in Aliso for a little while, didn't you? Yeah, uh, when I met you, I was living in Huntington. I was living in downtown Huntington, actually off of uh, Huntington Street in Portland, which is right by the waterfront Hilton is. Yeah. Um, in that area. And yep. then we bought a house in Aliso Viejo. And yeah. you were actually right down the hill from me because you were living next to that park. Yeah. Yeah, we were just right. around. We were neighbors. We were just. Park. Yep. And I was in a neighborhood on the opposite side of the park. Yep. Was... And then you guys went up to the top of the hill, and that was about the time I moved out here. Yeah. Yeah, it's been about 20 something years since, since we, we did that move. Yeah. Yeah, crazy. Crazy times. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, Robert, hang around for a second. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sign us out here, and then I want to have a couple quick words with you, okay? Awesome. Anyway, guys, you heard it right there. That's that's a very, very, uh, I don't know, man. How many people get to hear an interview with a 37-year experienced PDR tech, guys? That's trained by Mercedes. I mean, you heard it right here. I'm, I'm so, so thankful. Thanks again, Robert, for taking the time, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yep.